That's great. You know, Chris, this might not mean that much to you, but uh, coming from me, this means a lot. You're like the uh, a politician that I like. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shit. That is the most backhanded compliment that really means something. Yes. I know. Yeah. I know. This is the Still Talking Podcast, our irreverent distilling industry podcast with Colton Zeno and myself, Brian. Today, we have special guest, Chris Swanger, uh, president and CEO of Discus, probably the biggest guest we've ever had. So I really hope you appreciate that, Chris, because we're a pretty big deal ourselves. No doubt about it. Thank you for having me. So it's it's a privilege to be with y'all. Well, Chris, uh, why don't you just let listener know real quick, how long have you been with Discus now? So I've been with Discus for about a year and a half now. Little did I know that we were going to be navigating through a pandemic and everything over the last last couple of months. But uh, I was in the industry for, for 15 years. I worked for two of the member companies of, of Discus uh, uh, from 1995 to 2009. And then I took a 10-year break. I went and worked for a global engineering technology company. And uh, was afforded the opportunity to come back to lead both Discus and Responsibility.org. So it's been a whirlwind uh, since since day one. I think I started on November 9th, 20, uh, 2019. And it's just a real privilege to, to, to have the opportunity to lead Discus and Responsibility.org. And uh, I hope everything that, that I try to do when I get up in the morning, particularly over the last couple of months, is hopefully uh, lead lead Discus Discus's efforts for sure in helping the industry navigate through all of these challenges that we're all experiencing. Yeah, I remember after talking to you at uh, the convention this year, Discus's first convention. I think I remember saying something about, "Well, you you've got through the convention that was one of the hardest parts. Now you actually get to rest for a little bit, and then." COVID immediately began after that. So sorry so for completely, for yeah, sorry for screwing that one up for you. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I mean, I was, we were all so excited coming out of the, the conference in Louisville and in mid-February, uh, just because it was, by all accounts, I think everybody had a great time. It was a great opportunity for Discus, but Look, uh, you know, the world uh, throws out challenges and you got to you gotta make uh, lemonade out of a lemon. We've all been handed a big lemon and it's scary times, a lot of anxiety. Uh, but certainly it's times like these where the industry uh, certainly can use a strong, proactive trade association. So hopefully uh, Discus is, is playing a role to, to help everybody in the industry navigate through this. Yeah, it's like making a lemonade out of a rock. Uh, yeah, yeah. And look, I mean, so many dramatic, uh, you know, challenges on our industry, you know, uh, goes without outstating that the impact on uh, many of the craft distillers around the country having to close down their tasting rooms and, and distillery tours and so forth to the impact on the on-premise trade. I mean, it, 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 it's it's been it's been a tough go, and I, it's probably going to be a slow build as states are starting to open up. But I'm proud to say Discus was was out in front in helping uh, advocate for many many states to make uh, uh, the retail sale of beverage alcohol essential 
40 plus states officially uh, made that determination in the early days, soon after around March 15th. And then over the last uh, month, we've been really honing in on cocktails to go and uh, just advocating for the interests of the entire industry, working closely with the National Restaurant Association uh, has been a big element, certainly advocating in all the state legislatures and in Congress to make sure that the relief packages include uh, provisions that are helpful uh, for the industry across the board. So uh, still have a lot of work to do, uh, but I'm, I'm very, very proud of my DISCUS team members. The role that the, the industry is, has played as it relates to the hand sanitizer. I think we've got over 780 distillers around the country making hand sanitizer. So the industry is literally on the front lines and combating COVID-19. And uh, in the early days, around March 20th, we launched a portal for everybody that's uh, getting engaged on the hand sanitizer front can come together in one one site where if they need resources or supplies, that portal uh, hopefully is a good resource for everybody. We've been working closely with the FDA on their guidances and so forth. So it's been a busy, busy time to say the least. Where do we find that portal? On the on the Discus website, uh, www.distilledspirits.org. Uh, and I think by, I may be off a little bit, but I think we've got over uh, at least 765 distilleries that have registered on that portal uh, and it's really a platform for everybody to get learnings from the latest guidances from the FDA or if they need supplies or if people need hand sanitizer. So uh, it's a real testament for everybody in the industry that has, that has stepped up. And I'm proud that hopefully Discus has played uh, a supporting role in all of that. Colton's question is way more simple than that. He just wanted to know, it's on the internet, Colton. It's not like on Netflix. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I can just tune into the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You you can just listen to the portal. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My team, my team members, I mean, they worked, uh, they worked all weekend to kind of stand it up and it was just, uh, you know, so soon we forget, but about two months ago, uh, not to get involved in partisan politics, but, you know, the president of the United States tweeted and thanked uh, uh, distillers all around the country for helping out with uh, hand sanitizers. And uh, doesn't matter what your politics are, that that's still a cool moment. I mean, it's easy to forget about that because we're all in a haze, but, you know, uh, that was around March 20th or March 22nd, and that's just cool, right? It doesn't matter who the president is, right? And it was recognition. Yeah, I just I just want my handwritten signed letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Zeno, how long did it take you guys to like transition from spirits to hand sanitizer? That was like within a week, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's real weird for us, like uh, our, our particular scenario. Um, a couple, we have a lot of restaurant friends that own like restaurant, you know, smaller chains, local chains. He has like five or six restaurants or something like that. Anyways, he's a friend of ours and he came and he's like, Hey, I can't get sanitizer or anything to make this. And we're like, well, theoretically we can make this. And we looked up WHO, which was great. Yeah. That's what's ended up like. So we just made it with, you know, high proof spirit. We make vodka primarily anyways. So I'm like, okay, 
yeah, we can make you a little something. So we made a little something. And then a week later, you know, sports stopped and <laughs> which to me was the big thing. Right? <laughs> when the NBA shut down that game, I can't remember what night it was, but I think the Utah Jazz were playing or some, one of the NBA players got sick. And when they shut down the NBA, uh, that was tough. Yeah, right. it was like the dominoes fell, right? Oh, then, totally. Yeah. So then, so okay, we're like, oh, well, maybe we should actually do this. And yeah, within, I would say, 10 days time, we had a truck full of gallon bottles and, you know, sourcing ethanol and, you know, it kind of exploded quick. But it, it's, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's helped our company too, right? I totally. Mean, Stay afloat. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we've I've hired, you know, there were 10 people working on two different bottling lines today. So um, it, it's definitely it's definitely been crazy and how quickly we've had to, to pivot to that. And now it's funny because I'm trying to work through pivoting back to do what we intended to do with our company. <laughs> yeah, but I've said in the media, you know, we all want to in large part. I hope I, I was okay to take the liberty that like, we all want to get back to making whiskey full time, right? So so as soon as we can all probably get out of the hand sanitizer business and get back to making our passion, which is whiskey and good distilled spirits, we'd all be better off. But it looks like it's going to be a little while. And it's awesome that distilleries all around the country are helping their communities and helping their businesses like yours, right? Uh, just stay afloat in the, these weird times that we're all living in. Oh, I was just going to say, Chris, I, I want to know the brutal, you know, brutal, honest truth of from the surveys you've done, talking to distilleries around the country. How are we doing as an industry right now? You know, I've I've heard different anecdotal pieces. I've seen some of the stats you've put out, ACSA, some of the other groups. Where are we at? Where are we at with the industry? How many do you, you know, what percentage of distilleries are going to go out of business? How many are on the cusp? What are your thoughts right now? And what's the data say? Well, we did it. We did a survey a couple of weeks ago, and I don't have it right in front of me. But if I remember right, 67% of the craft distillers said if this goes on for another three to six months, you know, uh, a lot aren't aren't confident they'll be able to keep their head above water and might have to shut down. So uh, it's alarming. Of course, uh, we've seen uh, a lot of data coming out on on the off premise that you know sales are through the roof early on we thought you know it was uh consumer stocking up and no doubt uh sales and the off premise have been trending very very positive but that doesn't make up two things it doesn't make up uh, the impact of losing 20 percent of the market which is the on premise uh it doesn't make up for many of the distilleries, craft distilleries in particular, having to close down their tasting rooms and their distillery tours. That generates 40% of their profits. So uh, that's why we are advocating strongly uh, before Congress uh, and the U.S. Treasury Department to defer the federal excise tax payment uh, towards year end. Uh, Thankfully, the Trump administration early on in March did defer the FET payment through early July, uh, but we're now advocating uh, that they deferred all the way through the end of the year. 
uh, and you know it's a it's it's a platform hopefully to get the uh, uh, craft beverage modernization tax reform uh, act uh, passed and made permanent as well. That won't help distillers, I don't think, in the short term, but it will give some predictability for everybody, and then uh, certainly uh, just helping. Uh, I think there's a lot of craft distillers that are fully relying on the payroll protection uh, program uh, that was uh, launched by the Small Business Administration and uh, so forth. It's going to be, I think, a slow roll over the next few months, and uh, we're going to need help from state legislatures and help from Congress as well as they're starting to debate uh, what's called phase four of the economic stimulus package. Yeah, and you know what you know you're, you're saying about pushing it to to Jan one of 2021. Let's be honest, I foresee you know sanitizer production going on through that time, yeah. all the way through there. I would imagine. Look, not until we get a vaccine, right? We, you know, uh, came out last week. AstraZeneca, a pharmaceutical companies working on it. And more news came out. Another pharmaceutical. So we're going to be probably navigating through this until. Uh, we get a vaccine. There's been some reports, speculation, October, year, year in, and that that is really, really ambitious uh, to for the FDA and those companies to be able to do all the all the the testing for it and so forth. But I, I think we're going to be in this for the long haul, and we we've got to do everything we can to help the 2,100 craft distillers that are around the country just keep their head above water until we pop back. But once the economy pops back and we get a vaccine, uh, you know, I'm confident that, you know, the industry is going to be back in full board business in, in a good way because people are going to be excited to get out, right? Yeah. And just uh, start having fun again. Now, I think it's it's important that we point out <laughs> that the the excise tax is deferred. You will right. still have it's to pay it eventually. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it will build up. Don't yeah. think that, oh, I, I don't have to pay it through January. That means. Well, and to Chris's point, know. too, if it when it does come back, I'm still about the Craft Modernization Act where it needs to be at that reduced price forever. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. absolutely. We got to make that. That'll give everybody predictability. Yeah, I was on a, there was a great story that ran in uh, the Washington Post over the weekend. I'll send you all a link to it, but. It did talk about, uh, you know, the impact on craft distillers, and it really just kind of told the story. It talked about, you know, a lot of the things many of the state's governors are doing to help support the industry uh, in the short term. And, uh, you know, Discus has been out in front on a lot of those things. So it's going to take a while. And, look, I guess I may be off on the data a little bit, but probably 15 years ago, there were 40 uh, distilleries around the country with a DSP, and today we've got 2,100 craft distillers, and it's an awesome American success story, right? So uh, we're gonna we're gonna need it's a full court press for us all to come together, all the various trade associations, whether it's ADI, ACSA, you name it, adds uh, all to come together to kind of help support the industry uh during these tough times so we come out strong uh when we get through this all 
That's a really good segue. I wanted to ask you, Chris, about how you see Discus's role within the industry. And, you know, we are an industry that does have a number of associations. You mentioned ACSA, ADI. We have a bunch of different state guilds. There are other groups out there as well. And they all have somewhat similar you know, goals within the industry, they all kind of have some crossover, but there's different points of it, you know, points of differentiation. And besides just what's going on with the pandemic, how do you see Discus moving forward with its role with all these other groups and working with them? Yeah, well, first and foremost, let me say Discus values the the great working relationship we have uh, with, with all the industry trade associations. Uh, it can be American Beverage Licensees or WSWA, the Wine and Spirits Wholesalers, or the Wine Institute, ACSA, of course, ADI, all of them. Uh, we all have unique role to play for our, for our membership. I think uh, one of the one of the opportunities that we have at Discus is uh, Discus is uniquely resourced because of our state government relations platform, our international trade platform, or our economist economics team in place and so forth. So we are uniquely uh, positioned uh, to be a driver in a lot of these issues. And that's not an indictment on any of the other organizations. It's just an issue of resources and bandwidth. So we have tried uh, to be very, very supportive of all the other industry uh, trade associations, however we can be, uh, because uh you know, it is it is a testament of a thriving industry, and uh, we want to leverage the resources and the assets that we do have. Uh, certainly, being uh, we're well positioned to be the tip of the spear to advocate for many of the regulatory issues that are now being considered today, which would have been a little bit tougher three or four months ago, pre-COVID, right? So. Uh, uh, it, we're, we are all in in trying to work very, very closely with all of our industry trade associations on all these issues. I mean, now is the time for the industry to unify, uh, and uh, there's there's no place for jockeying back and forth from trade associations because that's just small uh, politics uh, that 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 doesn't amount to much, right? So. We're trying to do our part and working in close collaboration with everybody because we need to rebound and ideally all the organizations will rebound out of this uh, uh, stronger. Uh, Discus will have our challenges in itself, right? There's a lot of pressures on all of our member companies, large and small. So we're just going to work like a Dickens uh, to, to do our part and really leverage, you know, the the unique resources that that our member companies have afforded us over the last, you know, you know, Discus has been around since 1971, and you know, in the past, you know, there were perceptions and views that Discus advocated for only the large guys. Uh, but you know, uh, since I've been here, one of the great aha moments for me and coming back into the industry was uh, just what's happened with the craft distilling community over the, you know, over the last 10, 15 years. It is awesome. And uh, Discus has tried with the support of the board, which represents many, many of the large member companies. There is a recognition that, uh, you know, Discus has a role to, to grow the pie for everybody and uh, had great support from our board. Our board recognizes the important role 
of uh, the smaller companies out there. And I think it's important that 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 discus through Spirit United or grassroots platform uh, can really unite the industry. So we'll try to do that every step of the way. Professionally, I really am happy to hear that. I think that's fantastic to hear. And that's exactly what we need as an industry. Personally, I'm incredibly disappointed that there's not an opportunity for some Game of Thrones level <laughs> drama behind the scenes. So I feel like you've let me down yeah, a little yeah. bit there, Chris. I was really hoping for like some sort of Jon Snow level thing for you, but all right, I get it. Yeah, no way. No, look, I, uh, the, the rule of thumb, and I try to live by it as much as I can, is always rise above it and rise to the moment, right? And this is a moment, no doubt, and it just hopefully, look, I've got to prove it in our actions and what we do, but, uh, uh, you know, I was on a mission to play a uniting role within the industry uh, on day one when I joined, and hopefully Discus is playing a positive role in that, uh, certainly through the COVID crisis. So uh, unfortunately, uh, Game of Thrones and drama, I'm going to try to avoid all of that. The industry doesn't need that. We got enough drama every day, uh, just in in social distancing and all of the above, Uh, but uh, uh, I'll leave drama for, for other folks, but hopefully we're all coming together and working hard together uh, to just really support, you know, all of our member companies across all the organizations. You know, you know, Chris, you mentioned like, you know, I am going to cause some drama right now because that's what I want to do. And you know, that's, Fire up. Am, right? that's like, okay. Fire up. Don't be shocked. We've, we've had conversations. Like, mm-hmm. I'm about as subtle as a sledgehammer. So, um, you know, there are those preconceived notions and there is some, you know, you, that you mentioned earlier from the smaller members. And there are some that are, you know, there's trepidation to become truly involved with discus because they're worried about those things that like, oh, well, they're a larger member group. They're going to, and it's going to come down to a decision that if this helps the larger members, it's going to hurt the smaller members. What can you say to kind of alleviate that and say, you know, give me your 15 second sales pitch. I'm like, well, this is why we are going to protect that from happening and hurting the smaller guys. Well, we've made some fundamental structural changes within the organization where we have a craft distiller members uh, active on the various committees. I mean, Discus probably has 12, I may be off on the numbers, but probably 12 standing committees from state government relations to federal government relations to international and all of the above. But when issues, when they're, look, 90% of the stuff that we're working on are issues that we all uh, find in common, right? There may be 10% of issues that might be divisive, that may be more favorable for a larger company than a smaller company. And those are the issues that we've got to work work through. And, uh, you know, I, I can't guarantee it all the time. But the fact that Discus is so uniquely resourced, in large part, we're so resourced thanks for the, you know, the, the support of the larger companies. But the larger companies certainly recognize the important role that the craft distilling community play and the political equity that our craft distilling community offer in terms of congressional districts all around the country. So I, I think I, 
there's been a couple of issues where there may be different points of view, but in the scheme of things, there's small stuff, right? that we can work through. And, you know, I am fully committed and invested in trying to find common ground. But if you if you put everybody on truth serum, 90% of the stuff that Discus works on or ACA, ACA or any of the other organizations, we're all working towards the same ultimate goal, right? right. Which is to grow the pie. And that's why we work closely with ACSA on the craft beverage modernization uh, legislation, right? Uh, and we do a annual public policy conference with them. So, you know, every once in a while, uh, you know, issues will surface and that's where uh, hopefully me, yours truly, and good organizations can kind of work for it, work through it, right? But there is no doubt in my mind, we're stronger together and unified industries that are uh, engaging on some small chicken and egg stuff uh, are, are set up to fail, right? So I think discus, just because of the resources that we have, uh, we can play a positive role to be a uniter, right, on key issues. And when points of view or differences come up, that happens in any organization with a diverse membership, you just got to work through it and garner trust. And uh, my job is, in leading DISCUS certainly is to work hard and try to garner that trust. And that's only going to be determined by our actions and what we do. Uh, and, you know, I'm proud of what the progress that we've made over, over the last year and a half, but we still have a lot more work to do as well. That's a great answer. But that was that was over your allotted fifteen seconds, Chris. So, <laughs> so we're cutting. Sorry, it sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was just gonna ask, what you know, going with that, what what are the items that we should be fighting for? What are like your top three? Oh five? my gosh! Well, right now it's it's doing everything we can to get through COVID. Obviously, right the the te- uh, the FET deferral making the craft beverage bill permanent, getting after the tariffs that where there's been a 27% decline in exports of American whiskey to Europe. Uh, it's issues like getting TTB to recognize uh, a single malt American whiskey. You know, there's, there's alignment within the industry. I'm just naming three or four right out of the gate. Uh, you know, and there's issues that come up in, in the States from time to time where the smaller craft distillers may have a, you know, different perspective. Uh, and I think there's times that, that Discus needs to recognize that and we need to support our uh, craft distilling community. But that's, you know, that you take issue by issue, right? Uh, but I am proud to say our, our board and our larger member companies recognize uh, the focus that Discus has had over the last year and a half uh, really trying to support uh, the smaller distillers as well. I mean, the industry before COVID has been growing so great, right? And we've been taking market share away from beer and wine, right? And uh, you know, we want to we want to make sure that 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 trend continues uh, post COVID for sure. So specifically, how, where do you guys? How do you feel about like you know, COVID nineteen is coming sort of a vehicle you said about uh, cocktails to go and like direct to consumer i know that's a big thing even you know in yep. my state here in louisiana it comes up every you know guild meeting that we have so where 
where's that all going? What do you, what are your thoughts on direct to consumer? Okay. On cocktails to go, we've been way out in front on that. You got to balance that with appropriate responsibility standards. Uh, on the, on the direct shipping, uh, issue, uh, no doubt, no doubt that is going to be, uh, you know, an important issue that we all have got to kind of figure out, navigate together. Uh, some states like Virginia, uh, Oregon, uh, and a few other states have uh, passed uh, direct shipping to consumers for intrastate, and that has been an important lifeline for many of the craft distillers in the states uh, during the COVID crisis. Uh, in early April, uh, Kentucky, and Discus was very much involved with this, uh, passed uh, really, uh, almost a model direct shipping bill. And, uh, you know, I'm anticipating that we're going to see more direct shipping uh, legislation for distilled spirits to come up even more and more in the in the coming months. Uh, a direct shipping bill was just introduced late last week in New York as well. Now, look, uh, uh, Discus fully supports the three-tier system. The three-tier system has played an important role in the success of the industry. Uh, before COVID, uh, our board met with the WSWA board and agreed to form a working group to try to find some common ground with our distributor uh, partners and our retail partners and so forth. We recognize it's a very, you know, it can be a very divisive issue uh, and could could challenge the three-tier system, but we're committed to finding, working hard to try to find a path with our distributor and our retail partners uh, uh, and, and trying to find some common ground on that issue. Uh, you know, the world has changed dramatically over the last 15 years uh, where everybody has gravitated to e-commerce, right? And we cannot deny the needs of the consumer, ultimately. And uh, I think in the coming months, uh, we're going to try really hard to try to find some common ground with our distributor and our retail partners as well. They are critical to the success of our industry, but we also need to find a path forward to address the direct shipping issue as well, because consumers are expecting it and demanding it. I think craft distillers around the country uh, need uh, greater market access as well. And uh, it's going to be an issue that Discus is going to be in the thick of it. But we do want to preserve the foundation of the three-tier system because that's been uh, very successful for the industry and has played an important regulatory role. But at the same time, we cannot deny that the marketplace has changed dramatically and COVID has certainly, you know, uh, accelerated that for sure. So... Uh, it's definitely going to be an issue that we're going to contend with over the sooner rather than later because we can't deny it anymore. And I don't think it's hyperbole to say that there are some distilleries, especially smaller local ones, that may live or die depending on their ability to access direct to consumer. Um, and I, I, it's really good that you are working with the wholesalers because I don't think there's any other organization besides Discus that could be able to sit on an equal footing with them and kind of explain that situation. So it's good to know that they're listening, that there's some leeway. Um, I think it is smart to be able to work within the three-tier system. If you're just going to butt heads, you're not going to get anywhere. But from an anecdotal standpoint, talking to distilleries, this is something that would really help a lot of them survive. 
Big time, big time, and recognize that. You know, there's a lot of interest in uh, just coming out of the gate, Texas right now, and Florida, there's an effort underway. Uh, and yeah, I was very pleased. Uh, Danny Wirtz, who's with Breakthrough, he's the incoming chair of WSWA, and he issued an inaugural acceptance speech uh, uh, with his chairmanship appointment two weeks ago in Discus, we issued a follow-up statement after uh, Danny Wirtz's statement. And he he acknowledged, you know, uh, COVID and the changing marketplace. And uh, he even referenced direct shipping, uh, saying, look, we, we're going to have to figure out all of these issues, whether it's cocktails to go or the DTC issue. So I, th I think there's a recognition across the board. Uh, uh, just last week, uh, I was talking uh, by email uh, through the with the executive director of, of ABL, the American Beverage Licensees. They represent on and off premise uh, retailers, and uh, even though the Nielsen numbers are reporting good numbers for the off premise, uh, you know, even even our off premise retailers are having a tough time. Uh, so, uh, look, the industry is going to have to find a path to come together. We would be much better off kind of rolling up our sleeves and figuring it out uh, together because at the end of the day, we've, we've all got to be guided by the consumer because that's what makes this industry great. That's why consumers have gravitated to great distilled spirits, brands, large and small, all around the world and certainly in this country. And, uh, you know, Discus, I think, does have... A unique role to play in that, uh, and the other thing that I would say that's a, that's just as important is, you know, as we think about all these issues like cocktails to go or direct shipping, we've got to also be very very clear about the responsibility standards and the important regulatory uh, regimes that are around all of that, right? Because that has allowed the industry to grow and prosper, and uh, we can't be blinded about the immediate opportunity, right? Because uh, the important role that responsibility plays in a product that should be regula regulated with some reason, I think it is an important element. We've got to have a balance at the same time trying to help many of those craft distillers that that are uh, sucking wind right now, for sure. So it may be too early in the conversation, but I'm just curious of what the wholesalers are demanding and what they're, you know, willing to budge on, you know, what are their what are their sticking points? I I, I want to be obviously respectful of uh, of them and, and their considerations. And uh, we had we had two great working group meetings with with WSWA and some of their members right before the the COVID. 19 crisis, uh, you know, kind of kicked off. And uh, look, I, I think through Danny Wirtz's speech, uh, you know, uh, he was very uh, progressive in his outlook for the marketplace. So, I mean, uh, the three-tier system has played such a pivotal role in the industry's success over the last 90-plus years. I think uh, the marketplace has changed so dramatically just in the last two and a half months. Uh, you know, uh, I th you know it's going to be a work in progress, uh, but uh, we're committed to trying to 
definitely work with our distributor and our retail partners. You look what's happened on the delivery side of things, right? Uh, uh, great companies like Drizzly and uh, Reserve Bar and Mini Bar and Spirits Network. I mean, delivery has just blossomed over the last couple of months. It's one of the, the positive stories, right? There's 30 states that allow for the delivery of uh, beverage alcohol. That is all through the three-tier system, and we should be advocating that all 50 states do that. That's good for craft distillers, the larger distillers as well. And, uh, you know, Discus is going to get active and try to help broaden the delivery platform. That is all within the three-tier system, which is a good thing. Now, that doesn't address the craft distiller that may be struggling to have access uh, to the consumer. And those are one of the things that we're going to have to think through. And I think in sooner rather than later. Not, not in six months or a year or two years. Uh, this, is, this is right in front of us, and we're going to have to figure it out as an industry. Yeah, not to be crass, but there's never been a better opportunity to have the conversation and have everyone come to it for, at an equal footing. So that's really good. Chris, I, I wanted to ask, switch gears just a little bit. One of the one of the projects that Discus has undertaken under your watch that I've been really interested in is Spirits United. So it's a huge. From my understanding, is it's a huge group now. You have tons of signups, but can you give listener a little bit of an idea of what Spirits United is, why you started it, how many people are involved, and what is the goal behind Spirits United? Yeah. Awesome, and thank you. So, look, when I came in, and I mentioned earlier the aha moment about how many craft distillers were around the country. Uh, you know, Discus never had a proper grassroots platform. And what's so amazing about this industry, and I think I can say this with some authority because I was in the industry and then left the industry uh, working in a lot of different other types of businesses, homeland security, defense, medical device, space, aerospace, all of the above. The passion within this industry is unbelievable for the good. So one of the things I wanted to try to do is what could be a platform that could harness all that great passion and channel it into something for the greater good of the industry. And that's why we launched Spirits United, right? I've talked about the importance of uniting the industry and Discus can play a role in that. So essentially last August, August, 2019, we launched Spirits United with probably about 50 people signed up. And that was in large part the Discus staff and so forth and some of our member companies. Today, we almost have 33,000 people signed up. And basically what Spirits United does is it's a platform to advocate for the interests of the industry, whether it's through Congress or with the state legislatures as well. And we're mobilizing Spirits United on a variety of initiatives. And look, there's 1.6 million people in the United States that are affiliated with our industry. And uh, we've got a lot of great partner members. Uh, many of the guilds have signed up to join Spirits United as well. And uh, every day we're adding new people. So. Uh, building a grassroots platform is not easy. It doesn't doesn't happen overnight, and it takes a lot of resiliency and persistence. Uh, but every day we're signing new people up, and what it does is brings the industry together to advocate on issues important of importance for our industry. So uh, it has been a powerful tool as we've lobbied Congress. 
we used it in mid-December when we're trying to get the, uh, the craft beverage bill reauthorized. I think we had over 15,000 hits to members of Congress. And what it does is the advocacy game is all about winning share of mind. And policymakers have a lot of issues to contend with, right? So what Spirits United does is it's a platform to bring the industry together so we can always be out in front and try to win share of mind with policymakers as they're having to grapple with a thousand and one different industries and interests and issues and so forth. Spirits United is the platform that we can all rally behind and uh, uh, come together on. So for your listeners, www.spiritsunited.org takes you about two minutes to sign up. I know y'all are already advocates for it. And uh, then when we have a particular campaign uh, that we need engagement on, uh, we go out and we do a call to action and we get people to send letters to their legislators. It can be used on the local level, state level, and federal uh, level. And uh, it's really a platform that we've been working on every day and we'll continue to work on it. It, is, it can be a magical tool for the, for the betterment of the industry. And uh, I hope all your listeners check it out, www.spiritsunited.org. That's great. Thank you, Chris. That makes sense. It did. I'm passionate about answer. it. <laughs> yeah, you are. We landed on the name in February. So I started November 2018. Yeah. No, uh, no, uh, November 2019. In February, I may be getting my 2018. So in February 2019 is when we were playing around with the names and just kind of landed on Spirit United. And uh, it has really been part of the theme uh, of, of what I've tried to do at Discus. And uh, I, I love the name of it too, because that's really the intent of it is to unite the industry and channel our passion to the greater good of the industry. No, one of the reasons we can tell that your sincerity comes through on it is because you use the term magical tool to describe it and not a single one of the giant man children on this podcast giggled when you said that. So that shows how sincere <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. And I'm all boy, so uh, absolutely. So uh, no doubt. So it, it's, it's cool. And uh, it's something that we all have a role. So Please, for those who are listening, sign up your friends, family, obviously everybody over the legal drinking age. But, uh, you know, we've been working with many of the guilds around around the country as well to get them signed up and active on it as well. And look, we're, we're going to utilize Spirits United selectively on the issues that really, really count because you can overuse a platform like that. It's also a great platform to, to spread the responsibility messaging which is very complimentary and supportive of the industry as well. Yeah. Is it fair to say that if there is a contentious issue uh, on, say, a state level, that Spirits United will abstain from taking a side, essentially, if there's kind of, you know, division within the ranks? No doubt, particularly within the supplier tier, right? Uh, and that's the commitment we've made. We've got a uh, operating board for Spirits United, and we really invite uh, the state guilds who haven't engaged with it to sign up, and we collectively make those decisions together. The last thing 
I would want to do with Spirits United is to embark on something that's really divisive, particularly amongst the supplier tier, because that'll just crush it, right? Uh, you know, we're still in our early days and building up the foundation and the platform of Spirits United. So the one thing that would compromise the integrity and the credibility of what we're trying to do is to take on some divisive issue that would be problematic between suppliers and so forth. So again, 90% of the issues that we all work on are issues that we probably all agree with anyway, right? And we'll try to navigate through those, you know, the small percentage of issues that might be divisive, but we'll avoid that for Spirit United because yeah. it's in conflict with the name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're mutually exclusive, right? Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. I love this industry and it is an uh, uh, honor of my life, to, honor of my life just to be able to advocate. And uh, I think, you know, for those of you who interact with the Discus team, uh, you know, they're all uh, just very, very passionate uh, to, to, to do right, what's right for the industry. And uh, it's easy because it's a great industry to be passionate for. Yeah. Even with guys like Colton yeah. Dino and myself in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. Y'all are awesome. And we're hoping we'll see. Uh, uh, we're hoping our next annual conference will be in February. We're planning to go to Austin and uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to kick that off. I think in large part, we're going to need to have a vaccine by that time, but uh, on a wing and a prayer, we'll get a vaccine in the next six to seven months and, you know, life will be back to normal almost. Oh, that would be great. Well, conferences are where we see all of our best friends. So we're all glad there's another one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> no no doubt about it. So I actually don't have any other friends besides that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's my life. <laughs> it's yeah. family at this point. Uh, all right. Totally. totally. Col- Colton Zeno, do you guys have any other follow-up questions? I've kind of gone through my list. I don't have any follow-up questions. I just want to say, I, I think it's pretty clear from you know this interview what a great advocate Chris is. And I know we've all sat in meetings with you know, Congress people with Chris, and we're, we're real glad you're on our side. Yeah, you know, seriously. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. And uh, look, it's it's tough times, and I hope I hope me and discus are doing our part and uh you know if we miss the mark on something don't hesitate to call me uh chris.swanger at distilledspirits.org or 202-2585-777 right i am only as good as the the great people that i represent and we've got to listen and learn you know we'll make mistakes along the way uh but don't hesitate to to reach out to me and uh, let me know what discus can be doing better and uh, what we can do more of and so forth. Uh, this is a team effort and uh, I'm just really privileged to, to lead a great organization with a great team that uh, wants to make sure this industry thrives and we grow the pie for everybody. That's great. You know, Chris, this might not mean that much to you, but uh, coming from me, this means a lot. You're like the uh, a politician that I like. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, shit. <laughs> that is the most backhanded compliment that really means something. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know, yeah. I know. And excuse me, I you may have to beep beep. Uh, we'll look, yeah, uh, right, yeah. I'm on. I'm 
I'm going to do my best. And, uh, you know, you get caught up stuff, but I'm going to try to keep thinking big. Yeah. You're a badass, Chris. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much for being here. Godspeed until we meet again in person. And most importantly, everybody stay safe and healthy, and we'll be coming out of this much stronger together. 